Welcome to Reclaiming Reality. This is the podcast where we talk about all the religious things that your pastor doesn't want to talk about because he has to get money in the offering plate. We don't get paid for this, so we're going to tell it how it is. We're going to talk about beliefs today. And this is something that I have personally struggled with a lot over the course of the last several months. We will be talking primarily from a passage in Matthew, Matthew chapter 12, verses 26 through 32. And we're going to talk a little bit about a book by John Kerry Bishop. We'll get to that in just a moment. But what are beliefs? What are those things that we say we believe? Do we actually believe them? Or is it just something that we say we do just to keep peace with ourselves? How many lies have we bought? within our own minds. Have you considered it? I think honestly, if all of us took the time to sit down and honestly say what we believed about most things, we would amaze ourselves with all of the lies that we have internalized and just taken to be true. I'm gonna start with a a book called, I can't really say the title, because we haven't really talked about whether or not we can curse on this show yet. But it's a book, and I'll spell it out for you. It's U-N-F-U-C-K, Yourself. Uh, For all of my children, listeners, don't say that unless your parents say it's okay. In which case, you still should probably not say that word. But it's a great book. And over the course of this book, he really breaks down what our own self-talk does to our intellect and our ways of life. What he notes in one of the chapters is that... Our minds are made to win. And that whatever we believe, that we are constantly in making an effort subconsciously to prove those beliefs to be correct. I.e., one of the examples that he gives is that if if you come from a broken home, your actions, whether that be lawless actions or promiscuity, is a reflection of you having to prove that you're worth less than your parents have made you out to be. And that gets into divorce and whatnot, and that's a really touchy subject. But point being, if you have a belief, you are going to act in a way that proves that belief to be true. That seems really odd, really fast as well. But at the same time, it does make a lot of sense. If you think about it, Beliefs govern actions. And because you believe something, you're, more, you're going to follow through with it. It's not something like knowledge. Because you can know that something is wrong and then still do it. Versus you believe something is wrong and then you stay away from it. Essentially what he's saying is in whatever you believe, your body, your mind will work, make it an effort To make that thing come true. Well here's the problem with that. Why then do we do things. That are not within our. Beliefs. Quote unquote. Well maybe. It's that we don't fully understand. What we believe. Have you ever taken the time to consider. What you actually believe. Do you believe that you're a person of value. Do you believe that you're a person. That is worthy of being loved. Do you believe that you are made for greatness or do you really believe that you're just another person on the planet? Do you believe that this life is 
set it out that we may just exist for a period of time and then die. Do you know? Have you ever taken the time to be thoughtful about what you believe? I would argue in my own personal case, I struggled a long time believing that I was really stupid. And I really didn't have anything to say and that there was going to be no point where I could break free from this monotony that we call the rat race or the American society or whatever. And I'm realizing more and more day by day that that's just not true. And I am a person of value. And I clearly, if you're listening to me, I must have something worth listening to. And I have value. And I'm born and made for greatness. And I think everyone is. I believe everyone is. And that is something that we all must work on. But the truth of it is, is we don't believe that. I'm going to end that bullet point here and we'll tie that back in towards the end. We're going to hop over to scripture real quick. And I'll tell you why that this scripture drove this idea here in a moment. Now we're talking about Matthew 12 chapter, or excuse me, Matthew 12. And we're going to start in verse 25. And essentially what has happened at this point is there are people who are coming up to Jesus and they're saying that he's casting out demons. The Pharisees are saying that he's casting out demons by demons. It is he, because he is possessed by a demon, therefore he's casting out demons. And that doesn't make any sense because Jesus is God. There's no demonic anything about him, nor does he have any demonic presence. But he has ultimate authority, i.e. God. But they're saying this because they're trying to besmirch. That's a $10 word. They're trying to ruin his name. And this is how he responds. Every kingdom divided against itself is laid waste. No city or house is divided against itself will stand. If Satan casts out Satan, he will be divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? And if I cast out demons by Beelzebul, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore, they will be your judges. But if it is only the Spirit of God that I cast out demons, and the kingdom of God has come upon you, or how can someone enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds up the strong man? Then, indeed, he may plunder his house. Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. Therefore I tell, excuse me, therefore I tell you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven people, but the blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven. And whoever speaks a word against the Son of Man will not be forgiven. But whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit, or excuse me, let me roll that back. I think I messed it up. And whoever speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven. But whoever speaks a word against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven, either in this age or in the age to come. Now this verse confused the mess out of me my entire life. Because I've been taught that if you use the word the Lord's name in vain, that's blasphemy. And it's so serious because you'll never be forgiven for saying God, whatever, right? Or, oh my God. Well, if you say, if any of us said, oh my God, and that was the unforgivable sin, we would all be bound for hell. 
that is unlogical. And you think about it, most of the people in the church have told us that really kind of to curtail our speech. Um, while I must say at this point that I do not believe that you should just use God's name like a curse word or like something bad happened. You're like, oh, Jesus Christ. Well, I love Jesus Christ. And that's really disrespectful, honestly, to who he was and to who I tried to be. So I don't advocate for that by any means. But the other half of that is I don't think you're going to hell because you said Jesus Christ. I think that there is attention that is being drawn here. Because we're talking about blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. And Jesus lays this precursor to this, saying that every kingdom divided against itself shall not stand. So there is a juxtaposition here that we need to really take into context as we read throughout the entire passage. If you claim to be a Christian, or any type of person, but your beliefs echo that of a worldly or satanic lifestyle, then you have to evaluate upon yourself what you really believe. Think about that for a minute. If I say that I'm a Christian, but I want anybody to burn in hell, would Christ want somebody to burn in hell? He makes it pretty clear that throughout the scriptures that he came to save us from that. So, and he also says that anyone who looks upon his brother with hatred commits murder in his own heart. That is sinful. So how then can you justify sin? How can you say that sin is a good thing? And then say Christianity is a good thing. Or you say that love is good. How can you say that on one hand it is good to hate any group of people or any person but still say in your heart that it's also good to love. And that's there. I'm walking a very like hairline path here. And there, there needs to be several videos and several people who interject with their opinions on this because it is a very hard duality to walk. How can someone say that he loves his brother on one breath and then say that he hates him in the next? You're divided against yourself. Therefore, your actions and your beliefs are in discord. There's another book called Fierce Conversations by Miss Collins, I believe. I want to say it's Suzanne Collins. Um, and that may be incorrect. Somebody fact check me on that. Um, the book is called Fierce Conversations, where she brings up this concept of neuro... Immuno, I mean, something immunology, psychoneuroimmunology. And essentially what that says is when you are living in discord or you are lying to yourself, your body takes on a physical impact. You lose some of your immune, immunity strength because you're living a lie. And the question I pose to all of you is what do you actually believe? Do you believe in a God that only takes care of you when you pay your tithe? Do you believe in a God that will not answer your prayers unless you sing loud enough or he won't let you into heaven because you're speaking in tongues? Do you believe in a God that will not let you do anything because he's a religious 
hardline rule following God? Do you believe in someone who thinks that you can get in or you can get to a certain level if you do a certain number of good things? Ask yourself the question. And to this point, this is where my heart really goes out to all of the unbelievers of the world. All of the people who have heard quasi-gospel sermons or been in churches where people really preach good works and religiosity or word of truth teaching and completely miss the gospel and reiterate to them over and over again how much of a sinner or how damned or how repetitively insignificant or unworthy they are. And maybe that's one of the reasons why so many people in my generation are fleeing the church like it's the plague. As we've told them, honestly, and this is an honest reflection of the American church today, we've told them that they're sinners. We've told them that they're unworthy. We've told them that they can't make it on their own. Here's the problem. All of those things are true. But when you focus on the gospel, yes, you are a sinner. But you are a sinner who has been remade into someone who is saved in the gospel. Yes, you can't make it on your own, but God stepped in so that you wouldn't have to make it on your own. He did it for you. you no. Know, yes, you are unworthy. But God saw a value in you that is far beyond anything you ever could have possibly imagined. And he called you worthy in spite of your lack of worth. How often do we hear those messages? And when we hear those messages, do we believe them? And if we don't, are our actions going to completely reveal what we believe? And this is where the trick comes, right? Because if you focus solely on your sin and your unworthiness and your insufficiency, in your brain, it's a winner. It's going to prove your beliefs. You'll never, ever get out of it. But if you look at Christ, the Savior, who called you loved, who called you friend, who called you saved and redeemed, and you believe that, then everything is different. It's really a, it's kind of a paradigm shift, if you will. It is a shift from saying, I am, to he is. And if your beliefs rest upon who he is, then everything is different. Then you can move past your sin. Because guess what? You're not a porn addict. You were, you were a porn addict who is now saved and healed and broken free by the Savior. You're not a cheater. You may have cheated, but Christ has set you free. Focus your eyes on Christ, people. And let your mind be the center. Excuse me. No, roll that back. Scratch that from the record. Let Christ be the center of your beliefs. And watch your world change. This has been Reclaiming Reality. I'm Charles. 
This is my opinion. Like the video, subscribe it, share it, dislike it, write incredibly mean stuff in the comment section and refer this to somebody. And if I'm totally wrong, which I might be, please let's get corrected so we can all get to the truth together. Thank you. We'll catch you next time.